Welcome to Collier's Talks, a podcast series featuring the latest trends, insights, research, and developments in commercial real estate in Canada and beyond. Thank you uh, for joining me on the podcast today. We have uh, Amika Mays. Uh, She's our partner and head of Capital Markets Brokerage. So welcome, Amika. Thank you. Uh, Then we have Muriel Thompson, who's our Director of Social Impact and Employee Relations in North America. Muriel, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Great. So want to have a conversation. It's uh, it's it's Black History Month in February, uh, and uh, it's just a, it's a good opportunity to uh, to talk with about about some issues that really, you know, the theme being uh, February and forever, which I think is a good theme because it, it really it speaks to to sort of one of the things that we're it's important for us uh, at Colliers, which is not just have it a, a one and done. Just okay, it's February. Let's let's have some conversations, and then we'll we'll go back and, and talk about it in a year from now. But how do we how do we continue to support and have a, a an ongoing conversation, and then some actions too that support our empower our Black professionals throughout the year. So that that's kind of the, the mentality that that I'm looking at this, and and I want to have this conversation with with two of you who are uh, leaders in the company. Uh, and how how your experiences have shaped some of some of uh, um, how you think about these issues, as, as well as uh, how you lead uh, according to these issues. So, let me start with this, and I'll I'll throw it off to, to Muriel first. I'll ask you guys the same question. But how have your your personal and professional experiences? How's it shaped you? Uh, how, in terms of how it's uh, helped you accomplish what you've you've done in your career. So, how are some of the experiences innate to you and and and, and unique to your situation? How's that, how's that impacted how you've been able to be successful in your career? Um, I mean, I think you learn early to be scrappy and to not be thrown by obstacles because you just have so many ob- obstacles. I mean, I'll say that I've had tons of privileges. I've been really lucky in some ways. I am from South LA. I did go to public school. Um, but I was also identified as gifted and talented. So I had resources that maybe other people didn't get. So I think it's a part, partly um, just not being thrown by obstacles, but also just keeping in mind that there's always someone who's worse off. So however bad I feel for myself or I feel for a situation, I always think there's someone that's worse off and just kind of staying positive and just keeping moving. I think that's how I've kind of made it this far. If that makes sense. It's it's an it's an interesting um, uh, thing that you bring up, where it's the concept of people look at this as a binary issue. It's either you're privileged or you're not, or you're discriminated or you're not. And and it seems like there's a, there's a lot of shades of gray that in our society we don't really stop to have nuanced conversations and often enough. But you know, tell me a little bit about that, where you you you. You, know, you were privileged in some regards, but in also in other regards, you know, you are facing uh, a uphill battle in terms of, uh, um, you know, some discrimination and, and things like that. I'm not sure if it's overt or passive or things like that in your career, if you've ever experienced that. But, um, you know, tell me a little bit about how you how you balance that. Do you ever feel it's like, well, I'm privileged here. How do I feel bad? How do I feel good. And, you know, it's sort of that the tension inside your own your own head when it comes to that type of stuff. Does that play a role at all in terms of shaping you and how you do things? I just think it teaches you empathy as well to look at other people's experiences and say, well, I know that this was both easy and hard for me. So I'll give you an example. As I said, I went to public school, did very well, um, got to a prestigious university and was like a fish out of water. You know, some of these kids had tutors. They They had so many things that I didn't have. 
but I was there. So it's just balancing, again, the different levels of experiences. Um, I was the only one, but I was there. And again, just feeling lucky and being open to learning from others and not just so focused on my experience and who I, I would have done so much better if I had had those tutors. Well, you know, there are people who aren't in this room who would love to have your seat. So just kind of finding that balance. Interesting. And Amika, how about yourself in terms of some of your personal and professional experiences and some of what Muriel's talking about in terms of what she's gone through? I, I wonder about, about you and your, your situation, which is uh, very different. Yeah, very different. I mean, I grew up in, in Montreal. So um, um, I have to say that um, I grew up in a very predominantly, you know, I would say white environment, but I never really felt racism. Like I never thought about color growing up. It was never really an issue for me. Although my family um, being from Barbados experienced a lot of issues um, with it, but I, I was very, very fortunate. I mean, there was a couple of instances here and there where, um, you know, I did feel racism, but because my I was brought up in such a loving and nurturing environment, I just stood up for myself. It was more, you know, to me, it was more like a female or a white or, or a female or a male thing that these couple of key instances happened. I just stood up for myself. Um, I think one of the the big differences that 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 I figured out at a very young age that really served me well was was mentorship and actively going out and finding mentors. And I know we talk about this a lot. And, you know, one of the key messages that I wanted to get out today was that, you know, mentors don't come and find you, you have to go and find them. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, I, for some reason or another, I figured that out at a very young age um, and went and actively sought out mentors. And it's, it you know, I think if you, if you, deliberately put yourself in their face enough, they'll actually want to help you. And so that's a key message that I think was really pivotal in my career. And I've had different mentors at different stages within my life, but all of them I had to actively go see, go search for. And it was outside, it's not family members and it wasn't, it was people who didn't have any ownership to having to, to mentor me. Um, and so as a result, I think it created a tighter bond and, 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 and was, was pivotal and key catalyst moments in my life. Uh, how do you think about that in terms of you know, mentorship is something and we've talked about it and, and talked about it last year and had a podcast on this where um, seeing seeing similar people in the room uh, sort of inspirational for for and that's one of the challenges in commercial real estate. It becomes a, a snake eating its tail in some regards where or, or a vicious cycle where you don't have enough people in the room. So you don't inspire new people to join up and Therefore, you can't get more next generation in the room, et cetera. So when you look at mentors, and this question for either of you, you know, how important is that mentor to have shared experiences versus being just a, a good leader who can advise you on good business stuff? How, how important, particularly as a minority, is it to have that type of uh, shared experience background in, in terms of a mentor? Um, I mean, I can... I'm. To me, I think it. Um, if you if you spend time figuring out who you want to be as a person, um, then you can go and emulate them. And whether it's they're black, Chinese, or whatever, to me, it's more the qualities and the values that they have, and what you want to learn from. It's less about 
the color of their skin or their or their 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 gender. Um, that was always my approach. But again, I grew up in an environment where I didn't think about it actually until I went to university. So I I went to an American university, and that was the first time where I really felt racism. Like so, I was 19 years old when I really kind of felt the impacts having going to a school in California where I felt racism. And it was black people are racist towards whites just as much as white people are racist towards black. There's kind of like, you can feel it going both ways. And I was shocked by that. And because um, it was just not an environment that I had been in. And it was my first year at university was a bit of an education because I had never seen that. And so I ended up hanging out with smaller groups of, of more, athletes because it was uh it was it was it was i i was just not something i was used to yeah i think um i shared that i never experienced racism until university either because i was from a black neighborhood where there were only black people and so a lot of the stereotypes i had never heard because there was no one to impart them to me until i got to university and then i learned that i steal and i was like i've never heard that stereotype ever in my life that's wild um I would also say I don't know that racism flows in both directions because one group isn't empowered to really impact things in that way. Um, but I sort of get what you're saying, that there's a little bit of tribalism in university and, and groups carving out. But just going back to Brian's points about mentorship and Amika's as well, I would say that if the person looks like me, I probably search them out and get a little bit more comfortable because it's easier. I feel like we probably have things in common, but then maybe later you learn that you don't. Um, and I've had mentors who look nothing like me, um, that I just kind of, as you said, wanted to be like it was somebody in the room that I was like, that guy commanded the room. I need to figure out how he's doing that. Um, and I would also add that one, I've kind of collected mentors over the course of my career who have taught me different things in different spaces. Um, but two, that mentorship isn't, it isn't transactional, right? Or, or it doesn't work. It's not just, I need this connection from you, but it's more you know, what can I do for you someday? What can I do for you now? Maybe it's my network and maybe I'm not at the level that you are, but maybe I know someone, maybe I can help you. And just making sure that it flows in both directions yep. so that it continues to thrive over many years. That's a great point. Very, very good point. Now, I would say all of my key mentors that I've had in my life, um, from uh, they're all still very present. From the ones that I had when I was 12, to the ones that I have today, I, in fact, I was speaking to one of my mentors uh, five minutes before this call started. Like he, like he'll call me and and ask me for some advice, and I'll call him and ask him for advice, and it goes. It's exactly what you said. It's not transactional. It flows both ways, um, which is kind of fun because originally it was more flowing in one direction, and now, as you, <laughs> your, your experiences grow, it now goes back and forth, and that's. That's really fun. And that's when like the mentorship grows more into a friendship, but it, that that's what's great about it. So so you both have, have done you know very well and you're now your your leaders in commercial real estate in different ways, um, different different parts of the, of the of North America as well. How are some ways that we can encourage more uh, a bigger a bigger pool of candidates? Uh, you know, get get talent from different sources. We have great talent in commercial real estate, but when you're when you're when you're fishing in a smaller pond, when there's a limited amount of number of of, of people, uh, I feel like we're missing out on some of the best uh, opportunities. You know, why has has tech 
uh, done very well. It's kind of very democratic in some regards where anybody in any area can come up with an idea to do a startup and do something. Uh, you know, there, there's lots of endemic issues in Silicon Valley that, uh, especially gender related ones that I'm not going to get into, but it's much broader than than Silicon Valley, right? Tech is everywhere. So commercial real estate, how do we in, in Canada and the U.S. Uh, encourage more diverse professionals? What's your, your, your points of view on this? And either one of you jump in first on, on this one. I'm happy to step in. I think, and I'm going to say it because it's the elephant in the room, but I'm going to say it. And it's, I think part of the problem is actually just creating an even playing field, real estate. And I can speak more mostly because I did work in the U S and I did work in in Canada and there was the hiring culture is, Oh, I'm going to hire so-and-so's kid because maybe I'm going to get some business out of it. Or I'm going to, so the, the, the hiring field was never fair. There may be a process in place, but especially in some of the more senior roles, um, you were indirectly being forced to hire through a connection. So that makes it a very small pool of people. And as a result, you get the same pool of people within it. And I think by making, uh, holding a real process with real candidates that I know Collier's does, for sure now, because that's the way that we're writing and that's the way that we're hiring. I think over, it's, it's not going to happen overnight, but it's going to happen slowly. And that's why we're seeing so much change now. And, you know, when all of these initiatives that are happening, you know, around Black Lives Matter, ESG and, and diversity and equity, it's forcing companies to run fair process. And as that happens, the newer generation is going to be more diverse. And as a result, but it's going to, if you think about it, it's going to take years. So, I think it's getting the name out there. It's it's doing these kinds of podcasts and saying, "Hey, come come do real estate. It's a great it's a great environment." Or even in universities, most universities don't even mention real estate as a career path. They talk about investment banking, they talk about consulting. You never hear about real estate. It's always through word of mouth of real estate. And so I think getting it out there and getting it into the universities, getting it into the public realm that this is a great business and there's so many different facets to it is how you're going to get it to change. I'm going to agree with all of that and then add on a little bit. So one, we've got to be ready to let go of the privileges that that old system created, right? You did hire the kid. You did get that business. It's continued because it's worked for some people for some amount of time. So getting people comfortable to let go of that approach And then two, getting it out there as a career. So for someone who came from not much, I think that what we were fed was you got to be a doctor or a lawyer if you want to be somebody. And I couldn't do math. So I guess lawyer it is. So how do we um, get people in earlier to say, you know, real estate, you could be, you could do really, really well. You could be somebody in real estate. And I'll say, I had never heard of Collier's until I applied here. So I was 36. Um, so we have to get our name out there more so that people know who we are. And so they're saying, you know, I don't want to be a doctor or a lawyer. Maybe I could be in real estate and just feed that and get younger people into that path to kind of come to us because they know who we are and what we can do for them. But even within real estate, I mean, you have law, you've got marketing, you've got investments, yep. you've got it's such a diverse field um, and letting people know that there are, there's so many ways to, there's so many different facets. So even if you just have a business degree and you're not sure what you want to get into, real estate is a great field because you can learn about sales, you can learn about finance, you can learn about, 
you know, there's so many different facets to the business um, that you can create this really diverse and interesting career. It's not just you're doing one kind of law or you're just doing medicine. It's just like you can really spread your tentacles and, and, and use other facets that you didn't even know you had. I, I think there's a whole area of uh, community targeting in the sense of of uh, you know a lot of um, you know going beyond the uh, um, the topic of uh, you know of, you know Black History Month, but just in terms of like new immigrants to Canada and 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 uh, different cultures, Canada in particular, there's a lot of cultural segregation, rightly or wrongly. A lot of a lot of you know you see communities that are very very uh, non-integrated, um, and it's very much you know. You know 80% of one region of the world in there. And, and uh, you know, that's a wonderful opportunity actually for people to get into a business that then caters and sells to that community. So if you specialize in X, it's like, well, I I know that whole town of our city of 100,000 people because I have relationships and I understand the culture and there's and there, there's real opportunities there. And we have to find ways to, to tap into that. And then that will then broaden by next generations. You have, exactly it, it, it keeps going, but you got to get hooks in early into that generation, I think. And and uh, we're missing out on that to some extent. Some 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 pockets we do really well. Um, we as a industry. Um, I, I want to talk, talk about intentionality. I want to talk about you know, uh, elephant in the room. One of the elephants in the room is 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 Black History Month uh, has become, I think, a little bit tokenized uh, in the sense of, uh, you know, if you don't say something and do something, it's like mm, that's not good. But then there's a lot of proclamations and announcements made, and we're so happy and prideful and proud. And the famous LinkedIn thing, we're so proud and excited and and humbled and all that stuff. But then you know, March first comes around, and and next. How do we change that? How do we make it? And and maybe that's an easy question that has an easy answer to it. But but what do you what from your perspectives? What do we need to do better as as an industry, a companies, et cetera, to ensure that we don't just make platitudes and then walk away until the next year? Muriel, do you want to go or? Sure. I mean, I guess I would say all the things that we've already said. Live it every month um, because I think especially. Your employees want to see that posting. They expect it, as they should. Um, but if we listen to them every month, take their feedback every month, you know, highlight them every month, and continue to build our DNI program around employee feedback every single month, from the way we look at Glint to there are just so many spaces that have nothing to do with February. And I think as long as we continue to live those principles. We're going to keep our black employees and all our other diverse employees as well. Um, and then it takes some of the pressure off. Did you make the perfect statement on, on February one? Um, because we're doing things all year long. Um, and I think that we're calling it forever February for a reason or February forever for a reason. Um, so just hold ourselves to living it. And I think we're going to be in really good shape for the rest of the year. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I you said it perfectly. I don't I don't have anything else to say on that one. I think it's 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 a great point. I think it, it goes along what I had said earlier is is just um, walk the walk and talk the talk and just do that on a on a daily basis. And if we create an even platform and you know maybe go out of our way to to um, to to talk about our industry and our business so that people get educated. I I mean I I was thinking about something. A lot of when I first started in this business and I said I was in real estate, everybody thought that I was a residential broker. 
Um, <laughs> and so, you know, it's it's like, no, commercial real estate. Oh, so you sell commercial buildings? And it's like, you know, they don't realize that there's all these other facets to the business. And if we can find a way to disseminate that information into the next generation, I think it's also going to help create a more diverse pool. Where, where does some of this change have to happen? Does it have to happen at the grassroots level? Um, or does it start at the top? People like myself and other uh, and, and and you you as leaders of the company, you know, where where is the most impact to be had? And then uh, sort of kind of an addendum to that question is, so you know you have a leader such as myself, right? So I'm 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 you know I'm I'm, I'm Jewish, which is technically a minority um, uh, group, but not not in a visible minority. Um, and in real estate, it's it's debatable whether it actually is uh, it, you know underrepresented. And I'm not I, I say that kind of sarcastically, but not really. It's actually it, it's it's well represented uh, relative to the population, but. How is it coming up? Is, is, are there are are you know black employees and you're not speaking on behalf of all of them, but in your 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 conversations and opinion, are they looking for white leaders who are in that just because they are the leader to do that, or is it like you're fine, but really I want, I'd rather have somebody who understands the experience a little bit better out in front of the issues. Try not to pull any punches here. Try to ask some some hard questions. <laughs> I mean, I guess I would start with where the head goes, the body follows. So it's super important to start at the top and say, this is our culture. This is what our senior leaders believe, because without that, you're not going anywhere. Um, and I would also say it's just changing the way we think about our diverse employees. And, you know, I love Black History Month as much as anyone else. I love a happy hour or whatever. I love all that stuff, but I love career advancement even more. I love meeting senior leaders. I love having time with them. And I think, um, and I agree, educating our senior leaders who are mostly not diverse to be allies, um, because not every black person wants to speak for all black people. In those tough moments, you know, you have some people, maybe you're amicus who are gonna say, hold up. And then maybe you have a Muriel who's waiting. I'm not, you know, I'm not comfortable. I'm not, I'm not going to correct it in the moment. Um, maybe I'm waiting for someone to back me up. And so making sure that we're providing that education um, and letting these senior leaders know that whether you're diverse or not, everyone's looking at you in that moment. And if you let the comment go by like it was okay, then it was okay. And that's our culture. And it's not always for Black people or women or anyone else to solve in those moments. Because uh, if we could solve racism, we would have solved it already. So we're going to need some we're going to need some help and some support. That's what I, I don't think say. this 20 minute podcast is going to solve racism. Uh, I think that that level of hubris is, is, is beyond us here. Uh, Amika, what's your what's your point of view? No, I mean, I think it goes both ways. I mean, I think it has to go up as it has to go down um, and creating some more opportunities Um you know, maybe around collier, like by colliers around like sponsoring event where you go into universities and you 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 know you you can do a talk. I mean, we we used to do it um, uh, uh, where you would have a, a sponsored event by colliers and you invite to talk about real estate and you can actually invite some of your peers to come in and talk about the different facets. So you could have a lawyer, um, you know, an accountant, and come in and talk actively in in schools whether it be at university or even the um other levels and just talk about the business and have you can have different representations in the different fields and also different ethnicities and i think that that's that would be very powerful um as people are making their decisions and so 
I think it has to go down as much as it has to go up. I I, I agree. I think uh, as organic as it can be, the better uh, the better it can be. Um, so so as, as we're as we're coming we're coming near the close here uh, of, of this conversation, and I, I guess sort of what is if you had one thought on and you know save the big big thought for the end you know what 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 would you like to see change the most in commercial real estate when it comes to trying to drive uh a you know back to the earlier conversation a broader a broader swath of people in um is it the hiring practices is there other thing else what is it about commercial real estate that you you think we need to really hunker down and focus on if we're going to attract and promote a higher uh um, quantity of uh, diverse professionals? I guess I would say looking at every part of the employee life cycle through a DNI lens and an opportunity to do better. So just bringing diverse people in where there's no community and support from them, you know, they're in the door and out, making sure that we're transparent about promotions, transparent about advancement, creating that mentorship because that's how, and, and what you do for one group helps everyone else. It's better for everyone else. And so it improves for everyone else. Um, but not being so focused, just getting bodies in the door, um, figuring out to look at all those steps so that people stay and thrive and are happy and have a full career and not just, well, we brought in these people and, and then what happened. Yeah, so I would, I would just expand on what you said is, um, one of the one of the areas within real estate that I think really needs to be worked on is creating a transparent career path and showing because not everybody comes, as you said, from equal backgrounds and not everybody gets the benefit of going home and getting that mentorship on this is how I got from an, you know, an entry level job to the CEO of a company. Not everybody comes from that background. So if you can make education a priority within the business and saying, not only here are the steps you need to do from a career standpoint, but also from an educational standpoint so that you've got the packaging and, and, and doing honest feedback. I find a lot of the times reviews are check the box, but you know, because you have maybe too many reports or you don't care and your leader doesn't care enough, but saying giving honest 365 feedback, not just from bot, but also from below so that the person can really work on it and grow. And that will create a more clear and transparent career path. And I think that makes for people wanting to stay in this business a lot longer because they feel that the employer is invested as much as the employee is invested in the, in, in the company. I think that's, a, that's, that a, that's a great way to end. Um, I think because it's, it, you're right. When you, when, when you don't understand, when you're not as familiar with the industry for trying to attract new people in having lack of visibility to a career path, is 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 absolutely something how, what's my future like and mm -hmm. and and even similar to what you're talking about before muriel and, and all these other things are great but career advancement's really great and at the end of the day that's the unifier across everybody in a business context it's 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 not about your background it's not about your it's that that we're all working at a company and we want to advance to different positions well you know at, at different paces but um but anyway no i, I appreciate uh, uh you know amika mays muriel thompson uh joining today to have uh, some some hopefully frank conversation uh about uh about black history month about about your your careers your perspectives um and uh, as leaders of the company uh i'm sure people are really interested in, in hearing that so thank you both i appreciate the time today thanks thanks for listening to collier's talks podcast to learn more about collier's canada our experts and our solutions visit colliers canada.com 
or find us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook.